Hello and welcome back to the Masterclass, the tactical podcast. My name is Hader Rabani and I'm your host as ever today. I hope you're enjoying the international break. It's a great time for everyone just to take their time off Twitter, to take the time off United and just enjoy life and, you know, not on your phone. So I'm joined today by my usual co-host, Rob Blanchett. Rob, how are you enjoying the time off from United and how are you doing today, mate? Yeah, good, Hayden. Thanks a lot. Um, yeah, it's always a, a nice one international break to just down tools for a little bit and uh, concentrate on England matters that feel like they don't matter as much. Yeah, I'm not a massive international football sort of fan, actually, to be honest. I, I really do take the two weeks off because United is like a, it's just like a goldfish bowl, isn't it, of emotion and uh, I guess I suppose toxicity. And it's just nice to remove yourself, just take a bit of time off you know take time to enjoy enjoy just life a little bit more so that's what i've been doing this week but guys we're going to do a cristiano ronaldo masterclass special so this is going to be very interesting because i think what we're seeing a lot in the media rob is people are seeing cristiano ronaldo to man united and i'm guilty of that as well and thinking nostalgia you know i'm 25 years old and the player that i remember the most who excited me the most as a man united fan What's Cristiano Ronaldo? I remember when I when I used to go to Old Trafford and I just used to be absolutely mesmerised. And sometimes when I think about Ronaldo back in a in my United shirt, I get overly excited. So we got to break this down more objectively. No clickbait, no reactionary news. We're going to do this properly today, guys. So make sure you hit the like button, hit the subscribe button, follow us on Spotify and Apple Podcasts as well, on Twitter and on Instagram, the Elite Football Show. Rob, <laughs> the first question: Is it valid? And if we signed him, does he make us contenders? Now, every single summer we hear Cristiano Ronaldo back to Man United and we all get excited. Maybe maybe you don't, I get excited. And then the usual, oh, he's not coming back. For me, I tweeted out earlier today. I said he could make us contenders because I think that he's an absolutely goal-scoring machine. I think what United do lack actually is someone who can score consistently. I think Ronaldo, uh, sorry, Martial is streaky, although I do like him a lot. I don't know if he's a number nine. I think Rash is fantastic. Again, he's streaky. Mason is still developing. We have got Cavani as well, but I think this United side still lacks goals. We're not scoring enough. So for me, I, I thought that was the right answer. I know you differ from me. So talk to me about whether you think it's valid the rumours, or if it's just the usual clickbait as people get bored in international break, and does he make Manchester United title contenders? Because Man United fans are so desperate to see our challenge again. It's been, a, it's been a bit of a drab seven years. Yeah, I think, first of all, it's good to establish that this is not a transfer rumours podcast, first of all, if it happens or if it doesn't happen. What we are wanting to talk about today really is about, as you said, is it valid that Manchester United signed Cristiano Ronaldo? Now, first and foremost, is Cristiano Ronaldo a great player? Yes. Is he a Manchester United legend? Yes. Is he still a really, really good player in terms of the goals he scores? You know, he's still almost averaging a goal a game, I think, across all of the matches in Italy for Juve. Of course, these things are all true. But are Manchester United in the position at the moment where you drop in this world-class superstar and that you suddenly become a contender? Personally, I think no, because Manchester United have three or four positions that are much more vital in terms of investing in and strengthening than they would do the position that Cristiano plays. Now, Cristiano, if he came to the club, would be a number nine, no doubt about it. I think in his later years, he's going to play more central. He can still play left, but you'd be dropping him into a very young attack with three amazing forwards. I don't include Cavani in that because I think he's a short-term signing. But our front three would learn a lot from Cristiano in training every day next to this superstar but does he make United contenders and for me the answer is absolutely 100% no because in football one player does not make you a contender especially when you're still in the process of your build uh, I always compare it to the NBA because I think the NBA is a really really good example of where you can buy a superstar and turn a failing team into a championship team within a year and it's one of the few sports that you can really do that at. So, for instance, LeBron did it with the Lakers this year in what was a really, really poor franchise for maybe seven or eight years. You bring LeBron, but you bring AD as well, you become champions. It doesn't work like in football. There is no history of it really being proved that that's what happens in football. Manchester United have got several issues across the pitch that need addressing and that the Glazers, when they're looking at their recruitment, need to address going forward. 
If you were going to spend the best part of £100 million in wages on one player who's 35 years old, who could get injured, who's going to be with you for a short period of time, and that stops you buying talent in future transfer windows, that's absolutely atrocious. I keep saying it. This isn't FIFA. This isn't Football Manager. In those platforms, on a game, of course you'd buy Ronaldo because he's got all the skill sets. You take him and you use him and you dribble through everyone and score lots of goals. But it doesn't work like that in football, not in real life. United have got three really good forwards who scored more goals than Liverpool's three really good forwards last season. So I don't think that's a problem. I think you need to complement them. So going forward, go and buy Sancho. Go and buy someone like Haaland. They're the players that complement that front three and take you to the next level. Bayern Ronaldo is a short-term fix, but it's a short-term fix in the same way that, you know, taking a drug makes you feel better instantaneously, but then, you know, weeks later doesn't because it's gone and it's finished. You know, it's like that hit, isn't it? Or the first sip of beer when you've not had one for a very long time. You know, there's a, there is that kind of comparison there with, uh, with stimulants. I think with Ronaldo, he would be a stimulant. He'd get United fans excited. You and me would both be excited and we would, we would, you know, welcome him into the squad. But ultimately, it would be a bad signing because it would stop United buying players that they should be buying. Yeah, you, you draw some draw on some big points there. I want to sort of move it back towards the financial element of it because I think that's very important before anything else, Rob. And this is with anything. If you can't afford it, then you're not gonna you're not gonna get the player. Now, say we weren't in COVID times, and we need to remember as well that Man United, we don't know when fans are gonna come back. And this is just not a United problem. This is a general football problem. Our match day revenue is 110 million pounds a season. That off the off the bottom line is huge. We don't know what's going to happen next summer because they thought fans would be back in October. We're just into a second lockdown. I assume maybe you might be able to answer this better. March possibly. But if no fans come in for another year and United struggled last summer in terms of buying players, we couldn't afford Sancho. How in the hell can United afford Cristiano Ronaldo? £28 million a year, isn't it, on his wages, which is huge. When we look at Juventus... Juventus are actually struggling because they signed Ronaldo. What's happening at Juventus over the last few years is because of the fact that Ronaldo was such a huge outlay and they wanted to win the Champions League. It did smack of short-termism. And I always admired Juventus as a club who built very, very well. Do you think that United are building pretty well at the moment? Do you think that if Ronaldo comes in, this sets us back years in terms of being able to buy players? Also, couple that with the fact that we've got these COVID finances would it be almost financial suicide for Man United to do this? The best way to describe it is it would be financial suicide, 100%. There is a reason why Juventus are considering selling Cristiano Ronaldo, and it's got nothing to do with how good the player is. You know, Ultimately, we live in new times now. You know, The whole COVID landscape has changed everything. And I think when you look at Ronaldo, you know, it's not a case of, you know, what the, the, the wage that you talked about there being around kind of 20s and 30 millions a year. Cristiano Ronaldo is on five times more than, than Dybala is at, at Juventus. So that is the core fact of your best players being on a significantly less wage by multiple times. No business can really soak that up unless that player ultimately brings you a championship immediately. So if you're the Lakers, going back to what we were talking about there, yeah, you pay for LeBron because he wins you a title that season. He takes you from zero to back to hero in, in the blink of an eye, you know, in a, in a kind of one or two year period. Cristiano Ronaldo, Ronaldo will not do that for Manchester United. I'm sorry. It's just one of these dreams that fans are going to have to suck up and realise could become a nightmare very, very quickly. If he got injured, if there was a, a problem in terms of the latter years of his career being 35 onwards, playing in the Premier League, the most physical league in the world, do we believe that Ronaldo can handle the Premier League? Of course we do. We know he can. We've seen it. Is it really the right choice for both player and club at this moment? Well, I think the fans would get excited by it, and I understand why they'd get excited by it. I'd rather United looked at centre-back, a right-back, a midfielder, and a right-sided forward. All of those positions come before what Cristiano Ronaldo does. And yeah, he would score goals at United. I've got no doubt about that. But it's no good if someone's scoring goals and you're losing games. We've got to turn United back into winners. And you do that through organic processes. We can't be a Galactico team. 
We've tried it. It doesn't work. You go and buy Di Maria. It doesn't work. You know, you go and buy Falcao. It doesn't work. You go and bring in Schweinsteiger. It doesn't work. You know, you can bring in names until you're blue in the face, but it's about buying players who are the future superstars, players who are going to give you the same returns that maybe Messi and Ronaldo have given their clubs over a decade and more. You should be looking at someone like Sancho. You should be looking at someone like Haaland. They would cost less. You'd keep them longer. There'd be bigger assets. They'd score more goals over the next 10 years because Ronaldo will be on a beach somewhere in Miami, retired, no doubt about it. And you need to think progressively. But of course, what we see in football now, and I think fans are, this is the worst period ever for Manchester United fans in terms of being regressive rather than progressive. They look at things in terms of nostalgia. They look at terms, they look at things in terms of quick fixes because they've been fed that by the Glazers. The Glazers have, trained United fans to think like this, that the only way you do it is by buying a superstar. And do you know what? They bought Ronaldo. They would just tell United fans to shut up for the next two or three years. Every time you wanted to talk about the ownership or the structure of the football club or the debt, they'd just go, Ronaldo, and they'd wave it in front of your face over and over and over and over again. And for some fans, that's okay. It's not how I feel about my football club. It's not what I want. I want the team to build and to be in a position where Liverpool are. Liverpool have built correctly. They bought players from Southampton. They bought players from unfashionable clubs all the way across Europe. You know, Salah from Roma, you know, Firmino from Hoffenheim. You know, this is what United should be doing. That's how you build a football club to become winners. And then at the end of that build, you can then look back and say, right, what did we get right? and What did we get wrong? Ronaldo is not going to bring a Premier League title to Manchester United. It will not happen. Uh, that's a bold statement, and when you put it in those terms, I do agree with you. What I will say is that Liverpool had a plan, and they followed that plan. There, there was there was conscious efforts to to fix the spine of the side, and then the last two points for them were Allison, a world class goalkeeper, and Van Dyke, the best defender in the world. I just don't see United's hierarchy being that smart, being that patient. We know this, and you, if they see, as you say, Ronaldo, they'll think about the commercial factor to it. They'll think about the nostalgia factor factor to it. You just have to look, Rob, at the way that I know this is maybe this you haven't picked up on this, but it's something I picked up on. They've leveraged United's history and they they try and con fans. It might, it might be strong language, but when I say this, during the window, they'd put out, oh, do you remember Martial's goal against Fulham on Twitter? All these things. And, and fans get sucked up into this, I think. I think fans, me personally, and we might as well go on to who United should look at instead because there are some glaring issues in that first 11 and in the squad. But United fans, most of them would take Ronaldo back and they would enjoy it because of what Ronaldo was when he was here almost a decade ago, over a decade ago. But when you look at it from a logical point of view, how you're building a football club, we need a centre-back. We need a right winger. We probably need a right back as well. But some fans would actually rather take Ronaldo back. And does that say, does that essentially spell out what's wrong with United fans at the moment because you've got to think about it that we've been deprived of success for seven years I know it sounds so spoiled doesn't it when you put it that way seven years that's all it's been really seven years but they would do anything just to have you know that short-term fix of winning a title because I, I, I honestly feel like the Glazers will leverage what the fans feel because they, they know what we think they'll bring in Ronaldo and as you say if it doesn't work it's your fault the fans this is what you wanted and uh and we'll be essentially in financial ruin. Is that how you sort of see it? Or do you think that they'll just do what they want? They don't care what the fans think and they'll just do it. They, they don't care what the fans think. And if they brought Ronaldo back, it'd be to sell shirts for Adidas. And then it would be to leverage that next deal with whoever the next shirt sponsor is or kit maker is, because that deal is coming up now in the next two or three years. So bringing in Ronaldo helps that, you know, but puts you in a, in a better position. Um, if I thought for one second that buying Cristiano Ronaldo would win United the Premier League, I'd be sat here saying, let's do it. It's not my money. It's not your money. It's the Glazers' money. You know, we might be the fans of the football club. But if I thought for one second that paying him the best part of £100 million in wages, and that's what it would be, again, you know, people look at this in terms of like the basic of £26 million and all that. Ronaldo's on his last contract. It's going to be massive. It's going to be double what he's earning. So if you bring United, if you bring him to the football club, it ain't going to be twenty six million. It's going to be more. Yeah. So that's the way he looks at it. Uh, does he make United a championship winning side tomorrow? When you look at United position for position from back to front, 
The answer is no. People need to be logical, yeah, and understand why teams win championships. Why United in the past won championships. United didn't always win the championship because of Wayne Rooney. You know, United won the championship because of John O'Shea and Darren Fletcher and those players that came in and you got the balance right. You know, when Patrice Evra came in and came in for Gabriel Heinze, Heinze, I think, was, you know, one of United's uh, players of the season over a couple of years. And he came in and took United to the next level. If you'd asked United fans at that point, do you want Evra in the team or Heinze? They would have gone with Heinze. It's about progression. You know, when you go and buy a Robertson at Liverpool, it's because you're looking to progress that position over a two or three year period, not instantaneously, but over a period that makes you winners. That's how you build a football club. Cristiano Ronaldo will be very exciting. I'm not going to sit here and be sit on my high horse and say, oh, if Ronaldo signed tomorrow, I wouldn't, I wouldn't enjoy it. Of course I would. I've seen Cristiano Ronaldo play in the flesh every game he's played at Old Trafford pretty much. You know, I feel honoured and privileged to, to have seen that. But you're right with what you said. There is an over-endearing kind of vein of privilege that runs through Manchester United fans where they do believe that success should just come and it has to come now. Unfortunately, we're not in that position anymore. We have to build the football club from the bottom up. There are positions that need addressing now that that 100 million in wages would absolutely destroy. You can get Haaland for like a quarter of that value. Go and buy Haaland. He's going to have a trigger next year and he's trying, he's going to have that. The question is, mm. do you trust his board to go and get Haaland? I don't think we're no, going to get Haaland. Of course we no, of course I, we're I don't. Think we're going to get Liverpool now have got two their two first choice centre backs back. I guarantee they're going for him in January. If not, we saw the reports today. Uh, Bayern Munich, obviously, Jerome Boateng looks like he's off. So Bayern Munich will go in for Upamakana. United, United don't really have. Do you have any confidence United can get Upamakana? Do you have confidence United can get Sancho again after what's just happened? I have zero confidence in them getting those three top, well, potentially world class players over the next decade. But, but that's we, what United. Needs. Yeah, but we only feel that because of how we feel about the Glazers. So it's not reality. So the reality is that Manchester United can go and sign Jadon Sancho. They do have a deal in place for him. They just need to pay the money. The reason why they didn't pay the money is because they haven't got it. So that's the bottom line. You know, so they can't get Ronaldo then. <laughs> exactly. So this is the point. So the thing is, you might put a, a deal on the table for Ronaldo in terms of wages. Uh, I've seen lots of people obviously talk about the connection to Paul Pogba and Juventus. Why would Juventus give up Ronaldo for Paul Pogba? Think about it logically, people. Why would they do that? Now, you might not like Paul Pogba. I'm not talking to you. I'm talking to our audience. But you don't want Paul Pogba. And you're thinking, yeah, ship him off and bring in Ronaldo. And that makes my life better. Does that make Manchester United more of a set of winners tomorrow than they are today? The answer is no. There's a reason why they want Paul Pogba. And that's because they think Paul Pogba will take them to the next level, the level that they want to be at in terms of a football club. And yet here we are trading down. Now, people go, oh, that's ridiculous. You're not trading down if you bring in Ronaldo positionally, Ronaldo is not the player we need. It would be very exciting and it will be fun and it would give us lots to talk about. I don't think it makes United more of a winning team today, adding a 35-year-old at the back end of his career who's clearly after the biggest contract possible. And if that contract comes at Manchester United, do we think that he's coming back for nostalgia reasons? Do you think he's coming back just to play at Old Trafford in red again? I think fans have to get real with all of this stuff. Cristiano Ronaldo will end up in the MLS. There's no doubt about it. He wants to go and play in America. That's common knowledge. We know this. He will end up either at Miami or potentially at New York City or one of the clubs that pay the bigger fees, LA Galaxy. He will go there eventually, and that is his destiny. A little excursion to Manchester United for a year or two does not help Manchester United. And in fact, it does the opposite because it just makes you look desperate. Yeah, you're going to go and pay big wages for a player who will score your goals and make you feel better about yourself for five minutes. And then he's gone again. Look at Ibrahimovic. You know, Ibrahimovic, we enjoyed him for a year, didn't we? But it was it was over before it began because with older players, it can be. And I think with Ronaldo, there is that risk of injury because of his age. Go and buy a young player, a young player that you expect to take you to the next level. And you know what? Like you're just saying, there, you know, can they get Haaland? Absolutely, they can get Haaland. 100%. Manchester United is still one of the biggest clubs in the world. It's all up to strategy, isn't it? And I would rather that the Glazers set a stall out and bought players in the mould of Haaland. And went, I'd rather they went for Sancho and not get him than go for Ronaldo and get him and waste our time for two years. It's more important to have the right strategy first before you buy the right player. 
Yeah, I, I can't agree more with that. I, I'm completely in that view that United have got a lot of glaring holes in their squad. And I would much, and this is going to be a bit controversial and I don't really care because I think you've got to think about these logically. Sancho for what, 10 years, Ronaldo for two. It's, it's so obvious, isn't it? And I think that Sancho fills United's needs. I mean, I've seen people say that Ronaldo can play on the wing, on the right wing. No, he can't. He's a striker. And that's where I want to come into now, Rob. I want to talk about what it means for the current squad tactically, because that's what this podcast is, guys. It's obviously, it's the Masterclass Tactical Podcast. We don't just want to talk about, you know, rubbish and just uh, hot air. We want to actually break it down into how he would fit in if he was to join. Because you know what, Rob? I wouldn't be surprised if this is a move that the Glazers would sanction because you've got to think about the, the commercial aspect to it. But let's say Ronaldo comes in. What does it mean for the current squad? You've already mentioned that we've got a very young and very talented front three. And you've got, I don't think we've got an out and out striker. And I think Cavani, obviously, I'm going to leave Cavani out of this because it's very possible after the, this year he will go. So let's say Ronaldo comes in. He takes that number nine spot. He'd have to. And where does, where does that leave Martial? probably shifted out to the left. You've got Rashford on the left as well, Greenwood on the right. Now, we've got a player, Mason Greenwood, who is possibly one of the most exciting young players in world football right now. Someone who we should really be looking to develop, someone that we should be saying in about 18 months' time, you should be making that number nine spot your own. Now, if you're bringing Cristiano Ronaldo in, there is that fear. There's two ways you look at it. On the one side, there's a fear that he will stunt his, his development. But then the other side, who better to learn off and Cristiano Ronaldo and Mason is still 19 years old so two years of Ronaldo wouldn't necessarily be the worst thing for him but then looking sort of backwards my issue this season has been Rob that I don't feel like we create enough chances we were doing that after the restart but we're not doing that at the moment so to turn around and possibly push the argument that bringing Ronaldo will get will get you more goals well we we're not creating enough so I don't see Ronaldo doing enough in terms of the build-up play when I do watch him I think he's an absolutely world-class goal scorer, but I don't think he's someone who you look in the build-up play and he'll be dropping deep and con connecting people and linking up and holding the ball up. I mean, I might be wrong on that. You can correct me on that. And then you've also got the defensive issues as well. And I'm thinking about the fullbacks rather than the centre-backs. Who's going no, to cross the ball to? No, I agree with you 100%. You're 100% right. You know, we talk about Manchester United and what the deficiencies are. One of the deficiencies is the press. So we see the first wave press has been sorted out over a year. We see that now happening from the front. But the second wave press from midfield doesn't. It doesn't work. If you bring Cristiano Ronaldo in, does he improve your pressing? It, it, no, it's the opposite. You know, Yeah, he gives you this world-class finisher as a number nine, but it would completely restructure United's tactics. It would, it would make United into a counter-attacking team. You know, it, would, it would stop United playing through the middle and playing out wide because Ronaldo doesn't really play that game. The, ball would, the whole game would be about put the ball at Ronaldo's feet. In the same way, we talked about basketball just earlier on, it's about give the ball to, give the ball to LeBron, put it in his hands. And that is not good in team sports. There's no doubt that in the right team, Ronaldo makes that right team European champions, champions of their league or whatever. But Manchester United are not there at the moment. And you're right with what you said. You know, everything should be about developing that front three at the moment that we've got. They're brilliant front three, you know, and what they do. They're, they're not perfect, but they are on the right track. We always talk about Manchester United being a club of development and about how we want to see our making our own superstars, essentially, from, from within. And I think United are on the right right track with that. Now, I think when you look at Ole's future, people have their views on Ole as a, as a coach or what, what he wants to do, what they want from him. But we ultimately know that he's trying to reshape the United philosophy to resemble the philosophy that he grew up with when he was a player at the football club. Bringing in Ronaldo at this moment does not help that. It does the opposite. It tells the world that we are Real Madrid. tells the world that we're a football club who are regressing and looking to find a quick answer to all of our long-term problems. Cristiano's a great player. He really, really is. He's going to be remembered as one of the greatest of all time. Bringing him back as a 35-year-old, putting him in that attack, does not make United's front six positions any better. And that's what it has to be. We have to think about what's the impact on everyone, not just the impact on goals. Like you mentioned there, creativity. You know, Does it mean that you bring in Ronaldo that suddenly Wan-Bissaka becomes good at crossing a ball? Does it mean that Luke Shaw gets more assists? Does it mean that the midfield becomes more creative? Does it help Rashford? Does it help Marsh uh, Martial? Does it help 
Greenwood in their developments? The answer to all of those questions is no, 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 no. So if that's the answer, people need to kind of get on board with reality. And I think that's the problem when we talk about a player like Ronaldo. There's a reason why Ronaldo's getting linked to United and not other football clubs. And that is because the media do lean on Manchester United fans' emotions and they know at the moment that they're fractured and they're brittle. And they know that United fans would absolutely lap it up if Ronaldo came it back. It would be a huge story and everyone would be very happy. And, you know, again, my favourite word, the ecosystem would go mad and it would support everyone from top to bottom. And we would love match day when it came on because we knew Ronaldo would be wearing a number seven and it'd be all very interesting and we'd be excited. Do I think that Manchester United suddenly become a team that can go and win the best part of 38 games in the season because they've got Cristiano Ronaldo in the Premier League? No, I don't. I still think they'd lose games. I still think there'd be problems. I still think United would get done at the back for pace. I still don't think uh, the fullbacks would get enough assists. I still think there'd be issues in terms of creativity from the middle. I think we'd still be talking about where should Bruno play and where should Van der Beek play and these players and what. This is more important to me. Now, I want to see United develop the tactical nous to become an all-encompassing team that can hurt oppositions but not be about one player. Because when about one player, you can deal with one player, even if they're as good as a Messi or Ronaldo. United are not in the right place to consider Ronaldo at the moment. If you want a striker and proper number nine, and that's the, the, the focus for United in the next 12 months, you go and buy Haaland. Haaland is going to be a player that gets a goal a game or a goal every one and a half games. That's going to be his ratio. If that's what you need... To counter that, Rob... Hmm. To counter that, sorry to, to interrupt, but you say bring in Haaland. So I'm going to push a play devil's advocate and push a different, ang in, a different angle here. Cristiano Ronaldo comes in two years, let's say, stays. Mason Greenwood, two years of development under under Ronaldo. And I know this is the idea where you, you need a lot of competition in the squad to make the players in the squad better. We've seen that with Luke Shaw. Tellez has come in and Shaw suddenly is putting crosses in, which we haven't seen. He's looking better. I'm not saying he's at the standard, but... You bring a Haaland, and I agree with you, by the way. I think Haaland would be the, the more logical and the better signing for Man United. The wages are much more um, reasonable as well. But looking at bringing in Haaland, you've already got Mason Greenwood here. Doesn't that stunt Mason Greenwood? I know you you say to Greenwood, right, if you want to start at Man United, you've got to fight for your place and you've got to prove that you're better. But surely if United want to develop what they've got, they'd perhaps bring in someone like Ronaldo who's a bit older so that when when he does get phased out and leaves, Mason's there and he's ready then to be Man United's number nine. Because as it currently stands, Haaland is better. And I don't see Greenwood displacing Haaland. And then you've got a situation there where Mason's sitting here and thinking, what, do I want to be a Man United because I can't get a game? Well, yeah. like, Do we think Ronaldo is a unifier and a teacher? I mean, I wouldn't say so personally, but I don't know him. And that's media perception. I think the media perception... Let, let, let's, be, let's be frank about it. We know what Ronaldo is, yeah? He's a stone-cold winner. He's there for Ronaldo, you know? Yeah, it, it, yeah he, he, he brings the best out of his teammates because he's so good. But he's not coming to the football club to teach Mason Greenwood how to finish the ball. Mason Greenwood's okay. He can finish. Now, of course, training with someone like Ronaldo, there are, there are positives for that, but not £28 million a year positives, not £38 million a year in wages positives. There isn't. You know, you bring Cavani in, Cavani's on, what, £10 million a year or something around that mark. That's a little bit more, you know, it makes sense for a year if you're bringing, bringing in a stopgap of a player that can help the others. And we've heard a lot already about Cavani helping behind the scenes. That makes sense. It's about weighing the balance up here, Haydar. You know, it's about, you know, how much do you really give to make things work. You know, if you bring in Ronaldo for two years, does he make you a better football club? Well, yes, on one hand, but does he make you win the trophies that you want? For me, no. Does Haaland, over a 10-year period, make you a better football club? Yes. Does he add competition to the correct places over a long period of time so those players can grow together and learn each other's game and become more complementary of each other? Yes, he does. Is he different to the front three that we have now? Yes, he is. So this is the whole the questions you have to ask. Sancho fits in the same box. You know, you look at Sancho, he gives you something on the right that United suddenly don't have at the moment. We know this. But if you're looking for a number nine, and that was the original question, because that's what Ronaldo is, what do you do? Do you go with a future number nine who's going to score lots of goals and be a future superstar? Or do you go for the old guy? You know, and if the old guy costs you money, you've got to make sure that he he works out in terms of the value that he brings back. 
the biggest value that Cristiano Ronaldo would bring to Manchester United tomorrow if he signed for the football club is selling shirts. That is that. That is the bottom line. Yep, he'll score some great goals. He might even score a goal a game. But I don't think that's United's problem at the moment. United's problem is much more holistic. Another one of my favourite words. And it is about back to front. We're talking about issues from the centre-back into midfield, into the forwards. Those are the issues. Ronaldo doesn't solve any of those problems. He doesn't even get close. You know, And this is the problem, I think, for United about what needs to come next. And that's why I liked the transfer window, because it's not about buying one big player. It's about buying five players that make it start to tick a little bit more. So when you do buy the next player in the next window, you've kind of fixed seven or eight issues beforehand and you're bringing in someone to kind of be the cherry on the cake. You know, I think someone tweeted us there about, you know, one player doesn't change a football club and someone said, well, what about Alisson? Well, Alisson came to the football club after Klopp had bought 10 other players and fixed what was wrong with Liverpool. You know, that's when you buy your kind of final jigsaw piece, your Van Dyke, so to speak. United need to look at positions first before they think about a Ronaldo because Ronaldo's going to take up a, a ton of money and that money should be used to bring talent to the football club, not to massage an ego of a world superstar who's only going to come for a brief time, for a year or two, and then find himself in the MLS because that's where he's going. You know, yeah, would he like to come to United and win a title? Of course. And his ego will dictate that. He'll think, yeah, I can do that because I'm Ronaldo. I can come to United, we can win a title. But for us that watch United every week, study United, look at every position and break it down, Cristiano Ronaldo is not the player United want or United need. It might be the player that the Glazers want to shut everyone up. It might be the, the, the player that fans want so they feel a bit happier. Is he the player that makes you win? For me, the answer is no. Yeah, I agree with that. We sit here, Rob, don't we, almost twice a week and talk about Man, United, Man United's problems. And I wouldn't say Ronaldo is the one that fixes it. You said something on Twitter, actually. It's almost like putting a plaster on a, you know, like a, a massive flesh wound or something like that. Um, it just, it literally just papers over the cracks temporarily. And then when you push forward and you, uh, you start hitting poor form, you know, the questions start arising. But let's just draw this quickly back to the fan base. And, and the reasons why the fan base wants it, because I think that's important as well. We spoke about nostalgia as well, which is a big factor for a lot of fans. I mean, for example, myself, and I'll be honest, you know, every time you think about it, you think, oh, it's like the last dance, Michael Jordan. You, know, you get a little bit nostalgic because, you know, it's football still for me. And that's why when we talk about philosophies and tactics and style of play, you know me, I'm I, I'm quite romantic in that sense. You know, I like to see the more free-flowing football. I like to see identity. So when it comes to Ronaldo, you know, part of me would love to see the, the nostalgic sort of piece of it that he's coming back to Man United, number seven shirt, you know, uh, back at Old Trafford, last dance. Do you think that sometimes fans get too caught up in that? And then, then the, there's the other side of it as well, where we're desperate for success and i kind of linked this a little bit to how tottenham are when they brought in Mourinho. i feel like they're just desperate to win the trophy and you know with jose Mourinho, possibly in three the third year it's going to go absolutely chaotic it's all going to fall apart but if they win a trophy that's what it is do you think that united fans have forgotten what it's like to build a football club as you mentioned the way liverpool have they've forgotten what it takes the time it takes the steps the small little incremental steps it takes to make sure the whole picture is uh is set up correctly do you think that because of the fact that we've been going through what we have, United fans have just lost, completely lost touch, in fact, of what it means to actually build a football club and Ronaldo coming in, they think suddenly it's just going to fix everything and Ronaldo is just going to come in like a, a knight in shiny armour and just fix everything at Man United? I think what Twitter and social media prove is that there's lots of Man United fans have no idea about how to build a football club. Like, zero idea. And you've got to look at it in terms of history. Like you talked there before, obviously, about the Fergie years and obviously being born and raised in those times and stuff that you remember in nostalgia. We all want United to play good football. That's first and foremost. Every football fan wants your team to play as well as they can and to win titles. We all want that. Everyone wants that. Well, I think what you're finding is that this generation of United fans, and we're saying it's seven years really without success. You must remember United won a European trophy in that time. They won an FA Cup in that time. And they did come second in the league. And I don't think there's anything to celebrate, but they have kind of been there or thereabouts in some tournaments and trophies. And that's more than most football clubs. And this is where we go back to maybe the privilege that maybe United fans feel. But I do think that football fans, they're in it for the dopamine hit rather than the long-term success factor they want to feel good today and that either comes from winning a football match 
it does you know to feel that united are moving in the right direction isn't doesn't give you that dopamine kick doesn't make you feel better about yourself and i think there's lots of united fans that are in that kind of flux in that kind of cycle where they just want to feel good about their football club again so they'll take anything and you know what i think that has been exploited by the owners i think the owners look at it like that they understand that you need to kind of play on the history of the football club and if you feed that back to the fan base that they'll lap it up you know if you tell them that ronaldo's the right man for the job they'll say yes because they feel it rather than actually thinking about it and there's a lot of problems with that, you know, in terms of what do fans do. And I think that fan channels have got to be responsible. You know, fan channels go out there and they do on Twitter what I would expect tabloids to do. And that is they ramp up the conversation. They don't talk about it from a fan perspective. They talk about it from a sensational kind of over-the-top manner that, that resembles a soap opera. And that's on fan channels. That's up to them to be more responsible because they're supposed to represent the fans. They're not supposed to hurt the fan base. So I would like to see more kind of salient information move around the fan base that's more on logic and and actually building the football club. But we're not really seeing that at the moment. All we're seeing is this kind of, again, shock jock. You know, I, I like to use that term a lot. This kind of shock jock about Ronaldo. You know, yeah, if he came to the football club, it would be exciting. Is he the right signing? No, he isn't. I mean, that's exactly how I feel about it, to be honest with you. And you talk about the whole, the divide in the fan base. I, I still I still sit here, Rob, and Ronaldo would be great. But again, I just don't feel like we're going to get the targets we need as well. So it's kind of, you're sitting there in the middle and thinking, well, is it better to bring in someone like Ronaldo who possibly could be, and this is going to be a bit controversial, perhaps a Cantona-esque sort of, figure you know when came in. i'm not saying that's what it is i'm just saying i'm just saying yeah. it's, it's, a, it's a question devil's advocate this is not what i think i'm saying because some people do say people said that about bruno which was ridiculous that he was almost a cantonized figure and we know Cantona completely changed the club and the complexion and it, and almost set united on their their path towards all the glory that we saw it's not my view i'm just asking the questions mm-hmm. but so you have that there's some people say that or you have the other situation where I know you're quite happy with the signings of Palestri and Diallo, and I am as well, actually. I think, you know, in the long term, these are the more the sort of signings I want to see. But there's no guarantee that United would go and get, like we said earlier, Nupa Makano. So they would go and bring in, let's say, a Badia Chile from Monaco, young, more raw, has to be developed. You know, some fans don't want to see that. Yeah. So they'll argue that, oh, well, you know, so what? Oli might not be in the job six months' time. So why are we bringing these players to develop? And this is just glazonomics. You know what I'm trying to say? They're trying to say things yeah, like... Yeah, I get it. Uh, yeah, but, so, so I, I, they're just putting over your eyes, in a sense. Yeah, I think it's quite interesting about the whole uh, debate about what is glazonomics. Glazonomics is designed to put more money in the glazers' pockets than it is the football club. So when you go and buy maybe a, a kid like Diallo for 30 million quid, that's actually not good business for putting money in your pockets. Yeah, What you do is you go and buy Cavani for nothing and give him 10 million pound in wages because you've just saved 20 million quid. So you've got to look at every signing for what it is and what what the whole idea is about how you build a football club. But let's take it back to the hot kind of uh, Cantona comparison there. When Eric Cantona came to a football club, I remember where I was, right? I was a kid and I watched it on teletext. Yeah, that's what it was in those days. I flicked on teletext. I came home from school. I think it was 401 used to put on, uh, on teletext and it said, Canton our signs from Manchester United. And it was a huge, huge shock. Obviously, the days before the internet. The point about Canton and bringing him in at that point was Manchester United were the finished product almost. They needed a Canton to get them over the line. Fergie had spent all the time from 1986 through to 1991, 1992, building the football club, getting rid of players that no longer looked like they could win a title. This is Fergie's words. And bringing in players that could keeping Brian Robson until the very end and then bringing in a player that took you over the top. That player was Eric Cantona. Cristiano Ronaldo is not going to take Man United over the top of anything. He's just not. United are not in that place. United have got multiple positions that need work, not where Ronaldo plays. Now, of course, we we can look at these things and say, you know, can one sign-in change the outlook of a football club? And it, it absolutely can do. You know, it can take you maybe to another level. So I think... Bruno Fernandes is a really good example of that. But Bruno Fernandes' signing in January was about addressing the core need for creativity and goals from midfield. And that's what Bruno solved. 
and that's what Bruno gives. Bruno gives you the press. Bruno gives you leadership. Bruno ticks 10 boxes. Ronaldo would tick maybe one or two pretty big boxes, but the one box he doesn't tick is longevity. Every football club, whether you be Liverpool or Manchester City, are looking for success in terms of longevity, and that's what Manchester United want. I'm going to be a Man United fan for the rest of my life until the day I die. I've got tons of time to see this football club redevelop. That's the way I look at it, unless I die tomorrow. But the whole point, the whole point of it is, is that there is no time limit on this. There isn't a time limit of a year or a two. You know, players have to grow and mature. I want to see Mason Greenwood become a world-class forward. I want to see Marcus Rashford take the next step with Martial. I want to see Bruno Fernandes become more of a leader at Manchester United. I want to see who the next centre-back is. I want to see Mengi get in there. I want to see Tuanzebe get in there. I want to see Wan-Bissaka develop into the play he should become rather than what he is at the moment. This might be like blue sky thinking for some fans, but this is what is supporting a football club. This is the way I look at it. you know. And that's not saying I'm a better fan than you or any of that stuff, but you've got to be logical about what it takes. I'm not Ollie in, I'm not Ollie out. Keep saying it. It's about the manager that can do it. It might be Pochettino's the next manager that does it. It might be even another manager three or four down the line that we've not even talked about yet, You know that we're not even considered, who is the person that takes us back to the glory years. And as I always say, United might not win a title for 20 or 30 years. That's reality. That's what happens in football. But it doesn't mean that today you kind of throw every penny you've got at Cristiano Ronaldo and think that that solves it when it makes zero sense at all. And when COVID times to go and commit 20 or 30 million on wages to one player, that's the other thing that I realise is that I've worked in business for a long time. I kind of have a good sense of what profit and loss is, how wage structures work, how they impact your bottom line, everything that goes with it. And if you were to bring in a player who costs you £30 million a year when your average contract is between 5 and 10, it's a bit like, what? Yeah, if he wins your titles, great, but he's not going to win your titles, therefore you don't buy him. Yeah, I think, the as I said earlier, the financial suicide, even if it wasn't COVID, I'd be having question marks. The fact there is COVID, it's even more stupid. And so let, let's sort of round up on the last words, Rob. I would agree with that. And my opinion on all of this is that it is just the usual media sort of rubbish. Look how much we've been talking about this over the past, what, when was international break? Yeah, three, four days now. It's just been Ronaldo, Ronaldo, Ronaldo. New stories are coming out. A story came out today from Manchester Evening News saying, Ronaldo should reject Manchester United and go to the other Portuguese club, aka Wolves. Sensationalism. This is coming from a, a big mainstream newspaper. So I, I'd like to say we could probably take this with a pinch of salt. But moving forward, I mean, how do you expect this to play out? It's just uh, just your view on it. And uh, do you expect United to not be a, a moth to the flame and not be the sort of club that will be stupid enough to go and commit so much money? And potentially as well, Rob, you did say earlier about Ronaldo being about me. You know, he's he's about himself. And as much as I love him, I really do. He's, you know, when I was young, I was what, 10 years old when he joined the club. Younger than that, eight years old, seven years old when he joined the club. So I grew up watching him and I absolutely adored him. He's he's a player that made me most excited to watch Man United. He, you know, he got everyone off their seat at Old Trafford. But I don't think that him coming in necessarily is good for the culture of the club. I don't think necessarily him going to Juventus has been good for the culture of the club. I don't think he's necessarily the most team player. He is obviously about success and he he wants to win, but I wouldn't say that he, you know, for example, Wambsaka has the ball on the flank and he crosses it in and it's a bad cross. You can imagine Ronaldo is going to be going in at him. And what does that do for these younger players? So you do mention Cavani. Uh, I was listening to David Ornstein and um, Mark Chapman's podcast, and they did speak about Cavani in depth about what he does behind the scenes, and he's been very impressive. I don't expect Ronaldo to do the same. So is that something that we have to take into account as well when you're signing someone that would he make the likes of Mason and uh, and Marcus feel a little bit you know, within themselves in their shells because they're too scared to make a mistake? Potentially. Uh, what I'll say is this, is that if there is a player available, however old he is, if he takes you over the top and and he's the, the person, the missing piece of the jigsaw, then you go and buy him. So that's what we're saying about, about Ronaldo. And this is about Manchester United's recruitment strategy that we're always scrutinising that and saying, right, why is that? Why are they buying that player? Why have they done this? Why have they done that? 
Cristiano Ronaldo would score goals at Man United. We know this. Does he make Manchester United more creative? No, he doesn't. Does he make Manchester United press better? No, he doesn't. We can do that until we're blue in the face. But I do think what we need to look at is what are the next steps and where where will Ronaldo go? I do think he'll leave Juventus. I always thought that it was a kind of two-year project for him. And he went there to try and, A, win another title in another country. So that was important to him to win Serie A and also win the Champions League, which obviously hasn't come to fruition. Does he make Juventus a better team? Well, the kind of wider aspect is probably no. You know, he he scores goals, and he, you know his goal record hasn't really dropped, you know, dramatically from his Real Madrid days. He's always going to be a goal scorer now. But does he take you over the top? And I think Real Madrid. I'm sorry, not Real Madrid. Juventus see that that is not the case. As great as he is, you know, he's still a great player. But there's a reason why Juventus want Paul Pogba. And this is the problem is that football fans don't like Paul Pogba because he doesn't give them whatever they need in terms of that dopamine kick in a Man United shirt. And we can sit here and scrutinise and do a masterclass on Paul Pogba. And maybe that's the next thing we need to do. Because even today I was was trying to sort of protect him. Yeah, because the thing is, I don't think he needs protecting, right? Look, Paul Pogba ultimately needs to go and prove it. Yeah, like every player, you know, and there's been times when Pogba has been great and times when he hasn't. And there's been plenty of times when he's deserved the flack and plenty of times when he just, you know, he gets it put on his shoulders. He's not even on the football pitch you know he's on Instagram and people think that that that's the reason why United have lost a football match we can talk about that again as I said till we're blue in the face but there is a reason why Juventus want Real Madrid there's a reason why Real Madrid want uh, sorry why they want Paul Pogba there's a reason why Real Madrid are also interested in Paul Pogba and that is because he is a building block to take you to the next level and that's why United bought him the problem is he didn't take you over the top the other players take you over the top. A Bruno takes you over the top. You know, potentially a Van der Beek can take you over the top. Not necessarily the biggest name, but the correct name. And I think that's where Juventus are. Juventus are happy to sacrifice Ronaldo's big wage, move him on, and bring in maybe one or two players for his wage tally and actually still win Serie A, because they will, and be closer to the Champions League. So... You've only got to look up the football clubs, why they do what they do. And Manchester United needs to be careful not to replicate the mistakes that those clubs have made. Because Manchester United have made plenty of mistakes in seven years in transfers. I do believe that Ronaldo, as exciting as it would be, would be a massive, massive mistake. And I think financially, when the football club has just literally lost hemorrhaged 100, 200 million pounds worth of revenues because of COVID... That revenue isn't suddenly going to pop back, you know, the day that fans walk into grounds. You've lost that forever. That's gone. That's gone off your bottom line. And year to year, you can mask it by doing certain deals and sponsorships. But ultimately, that money's gone out your pocket. You can never ha- you can never get it back. And then to kind of commit to maybe a year or two to Ronaldo and pay him a wage that it's not just eye-watering. It's not the sum. It's what it does to you. It would fracture Manchester United's business incredibly to the point where, if Haaland does come up in a year, you might not be able to afford him. You know, Sancho becomes available at 108 million again, and you can afford that 108 million, but you've just given 100 million in wages to Ronaldo. You can't go back and do that business. Smart teams, smart clubs structure their business over two or three or four years. Yeah, you might bring a Cavani as a stopgap. That's okay for 10 million. It makes sense, but not when you're paying 20, 30 million for a player, even as good as he is to come in and have an impact when you've got six other positions that need addressing first. Yeah, and the last point I'll add to that, Rob, is actually Juventus are very interested in Haaland. So they would, they're the smart club. They'd get rid of Ronaldo to bring in Haaland and that will take them to the next level. They've got the more longevity there. And that's that's what United should be doing. You know, Cavani should be the stopgap, but there should be, I agree with you, I always wanted Haaland and uh, he's proving to be well, he's up there, isn't he? Really, at the moment, current form yeah. with Kane Lewandowski. Um, well, do you know, let's just talk about Haaland just very quickly because I think it's important because United, but obviously United fans are kind of sold on Sancho. Everyone goes, yeah, we want Sancho, that would work because we need someone on the right. The reason why you bring in Haaland is that he is a stone-cold killer in the box, just like Mason, but he's a guy that gives you different qualities in and around that penalty area that maybe the other front three that United have don't give you. So he gives you a bit more of a Lewandowski effect as a number nine of someone who's going to learn to play that role even more as he gets older. You know, he's very, very young at the moment. 
doing brilliantly, obviously, at Dortmund, as everyone expected. And he's going to go to a big club and be a generational talent. Yeah, so that doesn't affect Mason Greenwood's development because when you've got two young players, you tell them to go and play together and learn, you know, and it's, and it's a beautiful thing. That's what football's about. However, when you bring in someone that can stop development, and Ronaldo could do that, that would be an issue. But Haaland is a player, you know, I, I think a lot of people just haven't seen enough of him. And that's what I think. You know, people go, oh, yeah, Haaland, he, he sounds good. He looks good. I've seen the YouTube clips, but I don't see what he does week to week because I don't watch the Bundesliga. I'm not interested in BVB. You know, all of these kind of things that you kind of go along with, with why people like certain footballers. And I think that's the case with, with Haaland. Haaland is, is from England. You know, I know he's not English. No, he don't play for England, but he's from England. Yeah, it wouldn't be difficult for him to move back to this country. And I think that he would work perfectly at Manchester United. Do I think that he would come if there was no Solskjaer here? Probably not. I think he might go to Juventus first. I think it might be other football clubs, Real Madrid, that will be ahead of them. But United must be willing to go and get those players to be in the market. As soon as you start going for the Ronaldos of this world, every old player comes knocking on your door and says, please sign me. I'll come and do a job for you for a year. And that's that. And we become that football club we don't want to be. And that would be problematic. But the Glazers would love it. It'd sell more shirts. When the Adidas deal is up, no doubt they'll go knocking on Puma's door and they'll be saying to Puma and Nike, right, you know, that deal that they gave us, we now want 100 million a season because we've got Ronaldo. And do you know what? They might get it then. But that doesn't help United on a football pitch. It just means that you end up having more money that goes out of the football club into the Glazers' pockets and you're not signing the right players. Go and sign the right players. It can be done. You don't have to spend hundreds of millions on every one individual player. You could spend 20 million, 30 million, 40 million by the next generational talents. If you don't want to spend 108 million on Sancho, then go and buy Diallo. It's the right thing to do. And That's if what you United buy, haven't done well for a long time, Robin. Exactly. And if you don't want to buy a Sancho... Yeah, if you don't want to buy Sancho, then go and buy Diallo and Palestri. You know, have two players that can maybe do it who are different, but have huge tons of upside. Doesn't mean that they're the immediate solution, but they give you options. And I think United have got many more options now, especially from the bench, that will mean that United win more games. Now, it doesn't make fans more excited. Fans like we do a tactical podcast here, and I'm sure there's lots of people that wouldn't even click on this podcast because they're not interested in tactics. And I've realized that about football fans. They're in it for the I'm a celebrity, get me out of here factor. You know, they're in it for the whole kind of reality TV angle of football. And I think that, you know, the guys, some of the guys who do uh, some of the fan channels play up to that and some of them don't. But I don't want us to do that. You know, when we do this podcast, we are talking about why football clubs win. It's tactics, it's selection, it's acumen, it's future building, it's about transfers, it's about bringing in right players, all of those good things that make a football team a really, really good football club. Absolutely spot on, Rob. And yeah, last my last point before we wrap up is that you, you do have to follow the Liverpool model, the City model. You know, people say City spend a lot of money, but actually don't go and spend 100 million on a player. They have that limit, don't they? Where they go, okay, maybe 60 million is the most, but they build, they they buy the correct players. And that's what United haven't done. And I'm actually, I'm happy to see United do that more. I'd much rather see United go for Haaland, Upamakano, um, even Badia Chile, to be honest, a good player, yeah. good young player, develop them. I'd, I'd be happy to go and see. I'd like United to go for Sancho. The money is a lot. I, I just think with Ronaldo, you're right. He's a cherry on the cake. If United were that one player just to take them, they had a solid defence, they had good fullbacks, they're creating chances, you just couldn't finish. Perhaps they weren't clinical enough. Then, yes, Ronaldo is the perfect player. And then you can add the commercial value because that's important, Rob, as well. We can't just cut out the commercial importance to, today. These are football clubs, our businesses, you know. We, we get upset about the commercial value because of what the Glazers have made Man United. But actually, the commercial value is important. It's allowed Man United to go and buy the players that they want. It's why Juventus signed Ronaldo as well, to go and open up their, their I suppose, a name to the American market. You know, Ronaldo yeah, totally. is one of the most well-known names. And I personally think with Ronaldo, I think it's been a, at Juventus, I think it's been a failure because you were there to win the Champions League. They're further away from winning the Champions League than they were before he came in. They had two finals. And that's because for me, everything filters through him. I watch Juventus a lot. I watch Serie A and I think they're, I don't think they're a great side to watch. I think that they're very reliant on Ronaldo. I still think Ronaldo is incredible, but you, you sometimes you do think they've got Kulazewski is a good player. Dybala is a, a brilliant player, you know, mm -hmm. and you think 
as a team, perhaps they'd be even better. So that's kind of my yeah. thinking. On. Can, I, can I add two things just to end as well with, with, my, with my thoughts on that? Is that when you look at the Glazers, the Glazers, the ownership that they most feel that they resemble is FSG, yeah, an American sports franchise ownership. So all the difference really is, there's not a lot of difference in terms of philosophy. So both franchises wanted, wanted to win. And I know people don't like looking at football clubs as franchises, but this is how the Americans view it. And the Glazers look at, look at Manchester United in the same way that FSG look at Liverpool. And I think you will see Man United mimic what Liverpool have done over a two or three or four year period, because what's happened is the Glazers have seen that it works. Now, on the other hand, in America, with their franchise in the NFL, what have Tampa Bay just done? They've just gone and bought Brady. the old player yeah. who gives you a ton of upside and, and kind of one last hurrah. Now, part of that is that, that um, Brady wanted to move to Florida. Part of that is the money, like you're saying there. But you know what? It ain't half working. Tampa have gone from a really, really poor franchise who don't win anything to a team that's suddenly winning. So there is that fear that somewhere in the structure, United are going, does Ronaldo resemble what Brady does for the Tampa, for Tampa Bay now? Tampa Bay, he's going to give them upside, isn't he, for two or three years or whatever, a short-term thing. But in American sports, it is different to European sports and how football works. And it's very rare that you can have a player that maybe give you that upside so immediately and give you that impactfulness. And you're right. You know, I think Juventus are probably further away now than they were to the Champions League title. They were much closer to that Champions League title when their midfield was Pogba and Vidal. They were much closer. Yeah. They looked like they were going to win it. And I think they realise that. I think they look at that and they go, right, do you know what? We did get that one wrong, but it's okay because we made money out of it because they might Ronaldo shirts worldwide. It gave Juventus a kind of platform that they didn't have maybe in Western economies. You know, they've always had a big... Um, big backing in Latin countries, but not really in kind of the West compared to maybe, say, United or even Madrid and Barcelona to an extent. So they were looking at doing that. But one last thing I will say is this. Football fans should not consider the commercial aspect of the football club. Leave that to the football club. Yeah, you should want the best players to come in and actually do the correct job. Now, some people will say, oh, and that's why I want Ronaldo. But that's not the case. It wouldn't make United better. He would just make you feel better. That's the difference. And he would make, obviously, the commercial aspect much stronger at Manchester United in a time when they're trying to strengthen the commercial angle. And United are always trying to strengthen the commercial side of the club. you know. And they put that before the football, and that's partly the reason why United are where they are. Go and buy the right players. Go and get Haaland. Go and get Sancho. Spend the money on that. Build. Give the manager time. If you don't want to give the manager time, then get rid of him and give the next manager time. You know, it doesn't change the philosophy if you just move the pieces around. Do you get what I'm saying? So you're talking about commercial elements there. Mason Greenwood is going to sell shirts forever. Don't worry about it. You know, when he becomes a player he's going to be, you'll be selling Mason Greenwood shirts all across China and Japan and India. Doesn't matter. It will happen. You know, and say when it's happened for Marcus Rashford. You know, Rashford's gone to that next level in terms of being a name, both at home and abroad. Don't worry about those things as football fans. Worry about bringing the right players in. When you bring the right players in, support them. Give them your love. Give them all your attention. And, you know, fill them with that belief that, that they need from you because they need the fans, ultimately. And football is nothing without the fans. Yeah, absolutely well said, Rob. I'm going to wrap up there. We've got some really exciting news coming out, haven't we, which we will be sharing with you very soon. There are going to be a few things you might be adding to the masterclass. But, uh, Rob, we should be back next week. What are your thoughts probably going into May night's next game quickly? I, I think it's like everything. Like, first, we've got to get the international break over and done with because you'll get players who get injured. And that changes everything again. And I always say this, the worst thing about the international break is not the football, whether you think it's dull or not, or whether you're into England or not into England. It's the risk of bringing back Manchester United players suddenly getting injured. Liverpool have obviously just felt this, obviously, with Gomez temporarily, the, the scare factor yesterday of obviously looking at what they would need to do if Gomez missed games. And it's the same for United. I think United ended, obviously, the last match really well. It was a positive. It gave Ole more time to kind of stay in the job. It kind of quieted, quieted down, quieted down the kind of Pochettino side of it. You know, we've not heard a lot of that this week 
Whereas last week, the noise was was huge. This week, the noise is about Ronaldo, and that's one of the reasons why we did this show today as a one-off. But I think United are in, I still think United are in a good place. You know, I think if I can get it right and keep the team going, I like what United have. I like the shape. I like where they're going. I like the formation. I like the tactics. I like the individuals. I think it is working. It's not perfect, but fans do have to be patient. I say the same thing I know over and over again, and people get bored of it. But you've just got to have some kind of calm in the middle of these storms because these storms come thick and fast and you can't just get drowned by them. You can't just stand in the middle of it and say, right, yeah, Ronaldo's the, the, that's going to be the one that takes us to the next level and that stops the storm. If anything, it makes the storm more vicious. Can you imagine if we signed Ronaldo and we, and we still lost games? Like, wow. Can you imagine I like, brought Ronaldo wow. in and you, and you lost, but you were wow. worse. But you brought Ronaldo in, you were worse team because you brought Ronaldo in. The whole Manchester United fan base would just collapse within itself. It would be like the matrix gone wrong or something, you know, it really would be terrible. Um, But that's not a reason not to buy him because you do risk and reward is another thing I always talk about. But I do think that there are other players that Man United should be going for in the next year. And for me, Cristiano Ronaldo would not be on that list. Yeah, well said, Rob. I think uh, going into the international break, it's good that we won more positivity. So that's hopefully West Brom's sort of game that we usually sort of struggle against, but let's hope that we can get, the victory and keep on building rob thank you for joining me today it's been an absolute pleasure as always and to all the listeners make sure you hit the like button hit the subscribe button give us a follow as well rob's at handles there mine as well and check us out on spotify and apple Podcasts as well because we're going to be pushing the audio through there thank you very much for listening and we will see you next time <laughs>